Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Amen. You know, our theme at the moment, as you heard last week, is all about loving our communities. That's what Christmas is about uh, as well. And I just want to touch on that this morning. Um, struggled to get a title, so the title should be on the screen. Not that it's important, but walking through the dark to rescue the lost. And a scripture that all of us knows is John 3.16. We know it, don't we? If you don't know it, it's on the screens. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, and that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. And God still loves the world today. Amen? He hasn't changed. He still loves the world today. He sent Jesus for the peoples of the world. He sent Jesus for the people of Perth and for Ellenbrook. He died for us. He was crucified for us. He paid the penalty for our sin and our shame and our wrongdoing. And He rose again on the third day. Amen? He walked out of that tomb. And He's alive this morning. Amen? Oh, come on. Remind yourself, Jesus is alive. You're allowed to stir yourself this morning and lock into the truth. Jesus is alive. He's not some dead hero. He's alive. And that's why we're here this morning. He rose from the grave and He's alive. And at this very moment, He is sitting on the right hand of the Father. And He's interceding for you and for me, His family. And one day, He's coming back for a glorious church. Amen? And every follower of Jesus, every true believer is part of it. Every person that's had that born-again experience, been born into the kingdom of God, they are children of God, and Jesus is coming back for those people. And for every one of us here that have made that decision, that's us. He's coming back for us. Hallelujah. Whoever believes, whoever believes that He is the Christ, the only begotten Son, and believes and accepts that Jesus bore their penalty, the penalty for their sin, Whoever believes that and believes that if they give their lives to Him, they will be spared from going to an eternal hell, but they'll have eternal life. Whoever believes. I just want to remind us this morning, and I keep doing it often, Jesus loves you. Slap your neighbor and tell them Jesus loves them. Just seeing how many people got offended by the slap. Jesus loves you, and Jesus loves the people outside there as well. And as I said, that's why we celebrate Christmas. But how will the people of our community know and experience this good news unless someone tells them? And we're going to look at Romans 10, 13 to 15. Paul speaking there. He says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's all you got to do. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in Him in whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? 
and verse 15. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? This morning, we are the ones that have been sent. Amen? We are the ones that have been sent. That's how they're going to know. That's how the community is going to know. We are the ones that have been sent. Or as Andrew said the other week, or words like it, we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. We are the message. Not just serving and helping, um, helping to meet people's social and physical needs. That's very, very important. But just sing them to the real, living, life-changing, transforming Jesus. Amen? You've been sent. So the people of the world, they see and they hear about the love of Jesus for them and His message to save them by seeing Jesus in you and by hearing about Jesus from you. I'm preaching to the converted this morning. I'm preaching to me. I'm not an evangelist. That's not my gifting. But we're all called. And we're all sent. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. We read about that in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 21. All this is from God. This is Paul again speaking. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That's talking about you. If you're a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, that's you this morning. Not just the Corinthian church. Gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is... In Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespass against them, and entrusting to us the message, entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Verse 20, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. What? We are ambassadors for Christ. I'm not saying that. Church is not saying that. Jesus is saying that. We are ambassadors for Christ. God making His appeal through us. Then He says, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, He made Him to be sin who knew no sin. That's Jesus. So that in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. What a promise. Okay, don't go off on a tangent. I haven't got time. We implore you. That's Paul speaking to the rebellious people of the Corinthian church. We implore you, he says. Come back to God. Be reconciled. And that message this morning is for every one of us here in church, belonging to Grace Life Church, or a visitor in Grace Life Church, and maybe you're not walking as you should walk. If that's you, you'll know it's you. When I'm talking to you, you'll feel that little nudge within your knower. You know what your knower is, don't you? That knower, that real part in you. You'll know it. You'll feel that nudge within you. And Paul says, we implore you, be reconciled to God. May the barrier which you feel is separating you from God be broken down and be reconciled to God. We implore you, be reconciled to God. And I implore you this morning, 
If you're away from God, come back. Be reconciled to God. He's waiting for us. More on that a bit later. Verse 20, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making His appeal through us. God, these words struck me as I read them. God making His appeal through us. Something is happening here. It's, it, it, it's not us speaking on God's behalf, but God Himself by the Holy Spirit speaking through us. Do you get that? It's not just something you learned at school. It's not just something that you copied from somebody else. No, no, no. Something is happening inside. No, it's God working and speaking through you. And that's a powerful thing. God in us. Christ in us. The presence of a holy, awesome God among us. Loving God. Loving others. True worship. The presence of, law, of the Lord. Walking through the dark to rescue the lost. We need God. We need the Holy Spirit. And we need His grace. That's what I'm saying. We're not just relying on something we've learned. There's something so much more going on here. God Himself speaking through you. Okay. Moving on a little bit. In the world, but not of the world. It's a paradox. Live in the world, but don't let the world live in you. We are a distinct company of people. Pastor Josh, Josh sort of touched on this last week when he, when, when he spoke about the, uh, the compromising church and compromising with the world. No, no. We are distinct. We are separate. We are holy. We are consecrated, which means we are set apart, which means, listen, we are different. And because we are different, it causes us to be noticed. Amen? It's because we are different. We are light in a dark world. We are a city set on a hill, 1 Peter 2, verses 9 to 10. But you are a chosen race. That's different. You are a royal priesthood. That's different. You are a holy nation. That's different. You are a people for His own possession that you may proclaim of Him who called you out of darkness into His mar marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Matthew 5 verse 14, you are the light of the world. And a city which is set on a hill cannot be hidden. So we're different. We are the light. Matthew 5.16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see. See your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So in the world, but not of the world. So my question this morning is, how bright is your light? 
Do people see Jesus in me? Or do they see something else? What am I modeling in my life? Like never before, do we need to display a clear, shining, bright, holy light in the world? Can you say amen? Just look at the news and everything that is going on in the world today. We need to be shining more brightly. The church is facing persecution, as Chriselsa shared with us in India and in other places around the world. And that persecution will increase as the days go on, and we will face that persecution, even though we are already facing some of the pressure to conform is getting greater and greater upon the church, the pressure to compromise, and the pressure not to be so different. That'll get worse. And then we have so many Christian leaders, particularly in the charismatic world, who, are, who have fallen because of sexual uh, infidelity or misappropriation of money or, or building their own platforms off the backs of other people by asking for, you know, you know the whole story, the scandals that's in the church. But the Lord is calling His church to purity. Psalm 46, verse 4 and 5. It's a great scripture. You'll know it well. But it's actually a psalm that is written concerning opposition and pressure coming upon God's people. And we can apply this to the church. So read it as the church, as often we do, and for our own lives. And I love these verses. They mean a lot to me. It says, There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, a holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. The morning dawns after the darkest hour, and you've heard people preach on that. And I tell you, that it's verses which mean a lot to me. It's a promise. A promise that despite what the world, how the world rages against the church, and how what may be going on in your life, that God is among us that they shall not be moved by the turbulence and the opposition and the pressure that is around them. And that's great to read that, but there is a but here. And when I read this again and was preparing this message and saw the cross-reference and thought, wow, Deuteronomy 23 verse 14, for the Lord your God walks in the midst of your camp, walks amongst you, to deliver you and to give your enemies over to you. Therefore, your camp shall be holy that he may see no unclean thing among you and turn away from you. Wow. The Lord is calling His church to purity. Why? Because God wants to speak through us. But if there is unholiness, impurity in your life, he has to turn away. And if he turns away, he's not there. And all we are doing is speaking words, but it is not God speaking through us. Oh, that's sort of negative, isn't it? That's the truth. 
I really believe the Lord is calling His church to purity because He wants us to shine. Amen? Your camp shall be holy that they may see no unclean thing among you and that He turns away from you. So unholiness in the church and in our lives causes God to turn away from us. And if we time to look at Psalm 51, you know the story about David committed murder, committed adultery, and it all goes wrong for him. But he comes to this place, Psalm 51, just verse 10 and 11, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. What words, eh? Make it your prayer. The Lord is calling His church to holiness. Joshua 3 verse 5, then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, set yourself apart, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And that's about the people of Israel. You know, they'd wandered for 40 years. They'd come being delivered out of Egypt. They'd wandered through the desert for 40 years. And now they're about to go into their, their possession. Consecrate yourself. Tomorrow I'm going to do amazing things among you. So the reason that we purify ourselves and the reason that we get our lives right is because there is a job for us to do. You're an ambassador. You've been given a ministry of reconciliation. You're going to have hard work following me because I'm looking at the clock which says, I've got nothing left. Really? Does that really say nothing? Anyhow, don't, you'll find it difficult to follow me because I do want to wrap, wrap this up and leave the rest for another message. We consecrate ourselves because we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Because we want God to speak through us. As I said earlier, what is your life reflecting? And this is not meant to be all negative, negative. I'm forgetting my notes all together, you realize. That's always a bad thing that could make it worse. Minus two minutes and two seconds. Just let me pray over the clock. <laughs> we want to have pure lives because God has got stuff for you to do. No matter how old you are, sorry, or how young you are, you're not that young. God has got a work for you to do. It's called the ministry of reconciliation. He has called you to be that person which can break down the dividing wall and bring people to the real Jesus. 
Not religion, not a list of do's and don'ts, but the real deal. If you want a list of do's and don'ts, go shave your head and become a monk. It may work for some people, and I'm not sort of having a go at them, but some people do some weird things to try and make them some right with God. No, no, no. God has given, if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, He has given you a ministry of reconciliation. And He's still pleading through His people for the lost. So He wants us to walk through a dark world, shining a bright light. So that people will see the real Jesus. And they'll have a real connection. And they'll have a transformation of life. And they'll have something deeply spiritual. And they'll have the born again experience because it's as real as a natural birth. When you truly come to Jesus. God has called you to that. I was going to talk about pilgrimage from Psalm 84. And I ain't got time about that but... But the idea of pilgrimages, and for the Jews in Psalm 84, they were going up to Jerusalem at the Feast of Tabernacles, the end of the ingathering of the, of the harvest. So it was the end of the agricultural year, and when they'd all brought in the harvest, they would go to Jerusalem to celebrate, to Zion, to the temple in Jerusalem. And there they would worship God and they would dance and they would party in celebration to God. And they would remember how they were delivered from Egypt so they'd build those little tents. Hence it's called the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Tents. And they'd sit in those tents and they'd remember how they were pilgrims and how they came and how they finally entered into the promised land. We are pilgrims down here. We're not meant to camp here, to live here. We're meant to go through here. Amen? And as you go through, it is a dark world. There is problems. But I tell you, if you're walking in purity of life, if you're walking with a life devoted to Him, He's with you in the dark, and you become power in the dark, and people actually see Jesus in you because they are living in the dark and you're the light. Amen? That's your calling. You are ambassadors, you're representing another brighter kingdom. You don't belong here, you're on commission here. That's how God is calling us to live. And collectively as a church, you see, we need Him. We need His power. We need His grace. That's why we need purity, because God cannot look upon sin. So we walk as holy priests of the Most High God, and we worship as a priesthood. And when we do, even people coming through those doors, even when we invite over this Christmas season, see Jesus beyond the performance and the preaching and everything else that we do. Yes? Is it stirring you? That's how God stirred my heart. Wish I had time to tell you about the journey is hard and it's tough. 
But wherever you walk, read Psalm 84. If you make the sermon up for yourself, read Psalm 84. Wherever you walk on pilgrimage, if your heart is set for the presence of the Lord, if your heart is set on getting to Zion, if your heart is set that way, it's that you will make pools a blessing. It's speaking about the, the, the autumn rains which come after the end of the agriculture year. But you're walking through a dry place. But as you set your face to walk and you go through the hardships of life and the hardships will come. But because, even though they come, there is something different about you. You are distinct. There is something, dare I say, supernatural about you. Because you've been born again. You're a different sort of person living in this world. When you're not part of it, you're a pilgrim. You're just traveling through. But as you travel through, you're leaving these pools of blessing. So even the point of your hurt and hardship and failure becomes a pool of blessing where other people in the dark can come and drink. What a calling. I encourage you. Keep your life pure. And just live the life. There is one other thing I really felt strongly to say in the light of this purity. And I know time. If you want to know the time, it's now 8 minutes and 20 seconds over. And it's 11.34. I have no idea how long I preached. But Lockie's taking notes. Thank you. One of the greatest blockages to the presence of the Lord is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. And I really felt strongly to mention that this morning. Because if you're sitting here with unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment in your heart, you're in bondage. Even if you're a Christian. You are in bondage. Because that in itself is a sin. God's not there. There's a barrier. You're called to the ministry of reconciliation, which is bringing people together. But if you've got unforgiveness in your heart, how can God use you to reconcile others when you cannot be reconciled to your brother or your sister? Unforgiveness. And that's a whole subject in his own. I say it this morning because unforgiveness is a bondage in your life. It'll keep you in chains. It'll stop you progressing. It'll stop you from feeling and interacting with the presence of the Lord. God is at a distance because of this thing. And this thing, when you live in unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness, it doesn't go away. You just got to see the face of the person and it's alive. Sorry. But you know what I mean? Your life was going good till you met them in the street. And all of a sudden your hormones went bizarre and the stress hormones and things started flaring off in your life. And before you know it, you're living it and rehearsing it and you're regurgitating it. And oh, you know, it's like vomit. And then you lick it up and you do the whole thing again. And it keeps you chained. The person who suffers is not the person that wronged you. It's you. You are actually in chains to that person. 
Because every time you think about them, you remember what happened, the abuse, the hurt, or whatever it, whatever it was, whatever it took place, and it doesn't go away. And, you, and that, no, no, no. Forgiveness brings the healing into your life. Because when you can come and say, God, I recognize that I've got this in my heart. I've been struggling with it for years, and for some people it is years. I could tell you stories. I could tell you a story. I haven't got time for stories. But you know, you can get, stay locked up for years. I want to tell you the moment that you can come. The moment that you recognize I've got a problem here and it won't go away. That's, but ultimately it means surrendering it to Jesus. The one when you hated him, loved you. Died for you. Offers you eternal life. That one, he's your example. But as you surrender it to him and work through the process of allowing him to lift out the hurt and to bring healing, tell you, by his stripes we are healed. You read about it in 1 Peter, read the context of that whole chapter. It's a whole other story on that. You'll see this interwoving, this whole thing of bitterness and resentment and what have you. So Jesus is your healer. So if, you, if, I, if I pressed your button this morning, because I felt strongly to talk about it, if I pressed your button, you know, you need to come and talk to us later, because I want to tell you, Jesus does want to heal you. You don't have to live there any longer. There is a way through, and He has the power to break the chains in your life. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's stand our feet. I've said enough. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you're here this morning and uh, you were one of the ones that needed to hear the message. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He paid the penalty for your sin and your hurt and your shame and your pain. But what you've got to do is come. God calling you to come through people. If that's you, my prayer this morning is, is may God speak through me to call you to be reconciled to God. Because Jesus has made the way, paid the price, done it all. All you've got to do is come, call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. If that's you this morning, as our heads is bowed, as we're standing, put your hand up. Let me see it. It's only an indication that, that I, I know that you want to respond. And then come up to the front. There'll be people to pray with you in a moment. And maybe you're here this morning, just in this moment, as we take this moment. Maybe there's some impurity in your life, stuff you're struggling with. Maybe you're compromising in some area. And you just know it because you just felt it in your heart this morning. The Lord doesn't stir us that way to embarrass us, to point the finger at us. 
He does it because He wants to live in you and with you, not being held away from you. So He wants to deal with it. So just in this moment, just search your own heart. Search me, O God. Know my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me, the psalmist says. Let him put the finger on it. When you think of those things or those people that you're dealing with with unforgiveness, in your own way, just speak it out to God. Lord, I confess that I have this issue with my brother. I confess I haven't been walking right this way in my life. I bring it before you. I ask you to forgive me. And I surrender it to you. And then let Jesus take it. And walk away with grace and the Holy Spirit to empower you to live the way that he wants you to live. In Jesus' name. Father, I just pray for this congregation right now, Lord. So we're standing before you in this moment. Oh, Holy Spirit, do your work. Do your work. Those that are struggling, those that are in the Valley of Becca, the Valley of Tears, on their way to Zion, but it's tough. Lord, I pray, bring that refreshing rain. Turn their hurt and their pain into a pool of blessing in a supernatural way. Do it, I pray, Lord, all over this place. All over this place. Help your people to shine, to shine into their families, into their workplaces, with their friends. Help them to shine. Let that ministry that you've given them just flow in their lives. Even as they're working through some of the pain, Lord, I pray, let it flow. Let your people hear this morning. Do everything that you have called them to do. Take away the anger. Take away the frustration. Take away the feeling of being right and everybody else is wrong. All of that stuff, Lord. Oh, God, for those that have set their heart on careers or money or some other thing even ministry. Lords, just turn their hearts to pilgrimage, a real thirsting for the presence of the Lord, that nothing else matters. Just you, Jesus. You're more than enough. You're more than enough. You're more than enough. Just feel that for somebody this morning. You already see the obstacles that's before you. 
and the hurdles that you've been facing, and it just goes on and on. Jesus wants to say to you, He is more than enough for your situation. Doesn't matter how big it is, how great it is, how insurmountable it is, Jesus is more than enough. If you have His presence, that's all you need. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.